Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second podcast of Voices of Forestry. I'm your host, Seth Stevenson, the communications specialist with the Arkansas Forestry Association. Now, last episode, Max and I touched on a lot of different topics, and we'll be diving deeper into some of those here in the future. But today, we're going to be talking about the oldest tree farm here in Arkansas, the G. William Smith Family Tree Farm. And to help me do that, I've invited one of the owners of that farm to join me. I'm speaking with Billy Smith Hobson today. Billy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing just fine. Thank you, Seth, for asking me to talk about our tree farm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we, um, we've done a lot with you guys over the past year because you are our tree farmer of the year you and your sister Flossie who own the property Um, and and we learned a lot that it was the oldest tree farm in Arkansas and one of the oldest in the country if I'm if I'm not mistaken yes I think it's the third oldest in the country which it was surprising to us it's a very good story it's a family story but it's a story I think for everyone well, then let's let's hop into that. I mean, if you don't mind telling me a little history uh, of this property. Okay. One of the things that we love about the tree farm um, is that our grandmother homesteaded it when she was 18 years old in about 1911. And that was unusual for a woman at that time to do that. But she homesteaded a portion of it. She had two brothers that were with her, but they were younger, 16 and maybe 11. And so she did this herself, which is amazing when we began to really think about it. They farmed it through the years. Then my grandmother uh, married and had my dad, uh, who she raised and uh, herself on the farm uh, with the two brothers. And so my dad grew up on the farm also. They farmed it. They had some trees then, but they also at that time planted crops, had cows. Uh, I can remember as a child going there, and my grandmother taught me to milk a cow and make butter. So that was um, that's an awesome experience to be able to have with the woman that was strong enough to go and get at least part of the land to begin with. It makes our tree farm over 100 years old. And you don't always stop and think about all that, but it's it was such an example to us. And the as the trees begin to grow, and I can remember when I was a child that they began to harvest some of the trees in a selective way so that it would be sustainable. And... They used it for various things. My dad was a Baptist preacher, so he preached, but that was not the way to get rich in those days. And we would go, we would visit the tree farm. I can remember the trees would get closer together at Christmas when we would get out to the farm. And that's the way that we knew we were almost to the farm, which of course meant they were dense, but I didn't really realize that at the time. And little dirt roads. And then they they did begin, uh, probably when I was, probably in the 1950s, they would harvest some. And I can remember wondering how they could send me to college and realized that they had cut some trees to pay my tuition. And they did that with all of us. And that was the way that we were able to get our tuition paid to go to college. There were things through the years. My mother went back to school, and they used it for that. Daddy was still preaching. 
they went back to Fordyce, Arkansas and cut some trees selectively and built a house. Um, there have been so many things through the years that it's meant to our family. And now even there's a, a portion of it that's being cut to help my granddaughter with her tuition going to college. She's going to Colorado State and is majoring in sustainable uh, land and forestry and sustaining our environment. It's very, very important to our whole family. So, so this is something that's really sustained your family since 1911, starting and, with your grandmother and her brothers, and you know, even to now, 2020. Yes, it really has. That's a really good way to put it, Seth, because it not only is a sustainable environment, but when we take care of our environment and our trees especially, it sustains us. And I hadn't, that's another way that I had really not thought about it because it helped us to get where we are today. So it's such a, a big thing, so much larger when we take care of our forests and our family farms than we can even imagine until we really begin to think about it. Something that has been really awesome, our mother, uh, our dad had died and our mother died in uh, about two years ago. And we went back and uh, we had talked to some of the neighbors, one being Rupert Rogers, who has land there also next to ours and several others. And so this gave us a chance to renew and to really get to know some of the children in our generation from our grandparents and his parents, my dad, Mm -hmm. and his parents, just all the way around. And so I think that's like a sustainable relationship, which only helps us to communicate and know what we can do. They use our land uh, partially for a hunting lease, so it continues to be a working farm in a way. Uh, It just goes on and on, and it so touches our hearts to know all the things that are going on with this amount of land. There's certainly a place for larger, for corporations and Uh, selectively and cutting land, but there's also something that is so special about families that keep their land and use them and really, really look at them. I know our neighbors, uh, many of their children, have come back to the land and plan to stay there and to build houses out there. It's uh, maybe 10 or 12 miles from Fort Ice, And so it will continue. There are ponds on these lands. They can fish. Um, Ours, I've learned through the Arkansas Forestry Association, uh, when we took our tour, that there are all kinds of trees there, that the way that it has been managed has allowed that. Uh, There's so, so much more that I want to learn. Coming to the conferences and the meetings that Arkansas Forestry Association and Tree Farm Association has had has been tremendous for us. Not just me, my sister Flossie and I, Flossie Barker, 
So it goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. And I guess I'm going on and on and on. <laughs> Ask me some no, no, yeah. some questions. This... But it's, ju- it's just so much more than people can fathom mm-hmm. what it means to you. Well, well, one thing I want to touch on, and I think we've kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, but you guys are actually out-of-state landowners. You live in Texas, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I live in Texas. I have in most of my adult life, but have gone back to Arkansas mm-hmm. almost monthly and have gone back to Fordyce. But we do live in Texas. And my husband and I are active and know many of the tree farmers in, uh, in Texas and have been very verbal about wanting to take care of our land, mm-hmm. wanting to, not just our land, but the land of everybody in Texas and in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, James Hauser, who has been president of the Texas Tree Farm Association and Forestry Association, is a friend. Um, there are several others that are. And many of our legislators that my husband served with in the Texas House of Representatives from 2001 to 2013 are also very, uh, very interested and think it's very important because we live in East Texas, a place called Jacksonville, Texas. And Texas, I guess, has everything. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And that's where the land, and that's where the land has water and trees, and I used to laugh at the people in West Texas and tell them they really didn't even need to worry about coming to the to, to the forestry meetings, and we all laughed about it. But definitely, East Texas looks so much like Arkansas mm-hmm. to me. It's just beautiful with all the water and the trees and, and everything, and so the people there are very interested mm-hmm. in it and, uh, and in it being sustainable and keeping it. So that within itself is also a story. It's amazing how things, the thread runs through the United States. It runs from, for me, from Arkansas to Texas. It connects them. It um, is, I've taught several times, as has my husband, to uh, other landowners, other people that are very active, the Farm Bureau has been something we've been very connected mm-hmm. to. We're very supportive when my husband was in the Texas House because, of course, he was very supportive of, of them. And it means a great deal to us, and we still uh, treasure the people that are in these. And, of course, I have met the ones in Arkansas, too, with the Farm Bureau. It's, it's been a great mm-hmm. organization. My uncle, I remember when I was young, I can, my uncle... Uh, buddy that owned the land with my grandmother. I can remember them going, and my daddy when he came back to Fordyce, I can remember them going to the Farm Bureau meetings and I think my dad and my uncle were on the board. I, you know, I, I couldn't swear to that, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty, pretty sure. And it always meant a whole lot to them to connect with the other landowners and to make sure that it stayed sustainable. So you've so even though you've not been in the state, you've still had a connection to these organizations or just forestry in general. It sounds like yes, it is. And I've immediately gone to the foresters in Lufkin, Texas, in uh, our in Jacksonville, Texas. We have some, and 
I taught school a long time, and one of the young men that I was at the school when I taught is now working for the Forestry Association, which is really exciting to me. I was just so excited when I walked in, and there he was in Jacksonville. So, And I was telling him about our story with mm-hmm. Arkansas, as has my husband, uh, to many of the people in Austin. That's where he still works. And um, it's really... It, it grows. I think we all make it grow. And it's an exciting connection that we all have because it means so much to our life and to our livelihood. Not just any money that we might get from it, but what it does for our environment, what it does for our air and our water. And balance is very important to us. We feel that it's very, very important to keep things balanced, to uh, use it for the things that we want, to build houses, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, and also to continue to help our environment. So I know um, there's probably some difficulties in managing your land here in Arkansas when you live in Texas and Flossie lives in Alabama. Um, But how important is it to have... Um, you know, organizations like AFA or even the Texas Forestry Association or Farm Bureau or uh, the Forestry Division, What? how beneficial is having these organizations to a landowner like yourself? I cannot even begin to tell you. Uh, we have talked to the Arkansas Forestry and Tree Farm Association uh, often, sometimes weekly, and they they tell us some of the go-to people um, and this is, means so much to us because uh, we don't know all the names in the Forestry Association. So it's been very important. They have someone that also lobbies and helps us with our tree farm to make sure that we're um, getting our word in to what's important as far as sustaining it, both statewide and nationally. And that's something that We can't do all of that, uh, nor do we even know how to begin. Mm -hmm. So I have appreciated all the people that they have had in the state organization in Arkansas, especially. And the ones that we know in Texas, we're beginning to get our word out that we have we're very connected to Arkansas, and they're very excited. I can remember really several years ago talking to some of the forestry people in Nacogdoches, Texas, at a meeting uh, that my husband attended, and I went with him, and they were very excited that we had land in Arkansas because they know the importance and uh, they worked very hard to get me to join that organization, which I have not done yet in Texas, <laughs> but it is my uh purpose to do that, not just the one in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And it was very exciting uh, once I became connected with the Arkansas uh, Forestry Association to talk to the people in Lufkin. They, again, you could tell the excitement in their voice when they found out what my interest was in Arkansas. So I think this says a, a huge, huge amount, I can't say large enough, for the whole industry that there are these connections and these people between Texas and Arkansas, and I have a real feeling that Alabama, where my sister lives, and all of the states that where forestry is so important that they are connected. But 
I don't think anybody could be more connected than Arkansas and Texas. <laughs> of course, they're very close to each mm-hmm. other, and they they are next to each other, and they have a lot of the, the same, same kind of land, mm-hmm. as I said. So to me, it's been very, very exciting. It's been a purpose. Uh, when I really became the person that had to, and my sister Flossie, to take charge and decide what we would do and where we would go with it. If you don't mind, let's back up a little bit um, okay. and let's talk about uh, your history or your memories with the property because this was Grandma's house. It was essentially back back in the day, correct? Mm-hmm. It was. Uh-huh. I can remember being on the land. I remember feeding the chickens, as I said, and churning butter and going to the barn and playing in the hayloft and helping milk the cows. But I also remember when it was really, really a a working farm many years before I started going out there, there was a shop and it was somewhat dilapidated by the time I they were not using it much anymore but we would go out into the woods and we would find it and it was a treasure and there were still some of the tools out there so that looking back I know all the things that they did I guess they shooed their own horses and and or at least I don't know did some of those Mm -hmm. things and I can remember going out through the woods and finding a tree for Christmas at my grandmother's house, but I can also remember going to the tree farm, which was not too far from where we lived, especially Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and getting our Christmas tree, and that was a wonderful family memory. I mean, all those things are not just going and getting a tree. They're a memory. They are doing things together as a family, If your neighbors are there, it's doing things together. It's connecting with people. I can remember uh, going out and going into my grandmother's house, which my they took the wood from their old house. And when my daddy was 12 years old, they took the wood from the old house with some new, I think, maybe even some that they cut from the land. And my daddy, at 12 years old, helped to build the house that I remember. And then in the very early 60s, I believe, or maybe late 50s, they cut that house in half and moved it to town. And they nailed it back together. So it's (laughs) still in Fordyce. Fordyce, And it is still in Fordyce. And we go by there every once in a while, and we really think, oh, we really need to take more pictures, and we would love to get our grandchildren in front of it. What a treasure. And that came from the farm. And there are many things, uh, just being out there smelling the pine trees, because that's mostly what I can remember Mm -hmm. seeing. Uh, And I learned what a pine tree was at an early age, and pine cones. And my mother would take the pine cones home and make Christmas decorations and spray them. So it goes on and on Mm. and on. But wonderful, calm memories. So you you realize you can go back to that place and remember. Or if you're not right there, people can go back to, um, to the country, to the forest, and bring back that smell and and that 
good feeling that you get when you're out in nature. So, well, what's it like now going back out there? Because the house isn't there anymore. No. It's it's mostly just the forest and the trees. But what's it like going back out there on occasion? And I, I guess I had been back out there several times since the house has been gone. And, you know, didn't have a lot of feelings, maybe one way or the other. I mean, I was excited that they were able to bring it into town. I probably felt a little nostalgia. But what I can remember is going out there with the Arkansas Forestry Association and how exciting it was to learn all the things that the various foresters that are connected to them, many are, you know, are independent business people um, that they have brought together through their organization, but the how magnificent it was, even though it's not a gigantic tree farm, tree farm, it is amazing all the things that are out there. There were even, um, one forester told us about the different kinds of birds that come because different kinds of trees through management had been allowed or had chosen those trees in that forest. Uh, and I thought that was amazing. I, you know, I did not realize that birds, different birds, go to different places. So we could, we can go back out there and find many kinds of birds. My husband is a birder mm-hmm. as well as a hunter, and loves birds, knows a lot of birds. And I'm very excited to get to take him back out there with the knowledge. And the foresters have offered to go out there with us because they're excited about it. Mm-hmm. They do this because they're excited. You can tell when you, you see them and listen to them talk. And the different kinds of trees, he will also be very interested in that. He's not had the opportunity yet. So, uh, And I'm sure Flossie and her husband will want to bring her husband, who also knows a lot about the forest, mm-hmm. even though he grew up in California. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's its its own little world out there it then is. through forest management. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, drawn in these birds and these other trees to create an own little, its own little, I don't want to say other planet, but essentially oh that's God. what it is when you get out there because there's nothing out there but trees and animals. Right. Know? And there are different animals out mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, that was very interesting. And what brings, what is brought to my mind right now is Seth and I talk and he brought that up. Is, is I need to talk to the neighbors that have grown up out there always, who have come back there, they worked away, always had land, and have come back there to live with their, their grandchildren, mm-hmm. and to talk to them about the sustainability and what kind of animals, birds, trees that they have, because I think that's fascinating, and it's not only fascinating and interesting, but it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. And in all likelihood, they've been out there a lot and a long time and are very bright uh, men and, and will know a whole lot about mm-hmm. that. So I'm excited about talking to them. So even you guys are still learning, you know, as oh, you, as you so go much. on. Yes, so much. So much. And the more we learn, the more we want to learn. And the more people bring things up to us, just like Seth has brought up two or three things today that have tweaked my interest, and um, I, I will be able to go back out, hopefully with the grandkids and the children, 
And but if not, Flossie and I will go out there and and our husbands and we can talk to foresters and and find out more because it's something that will go on and on when we're gone and it will leave a better world if it's managed in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think you really become so much more aware of that the more you look at it. Well, that brings us kind of, as we start wrapping up, um, that kind of brings me to my next topic is the future of this property. You you have kids and grandchildren, um, but where would you like, I guess, what would you like to see happen with the with the land in the future? We would love to see them keep it and meet back together maybe once a year, but keep it forever. It's, um, and I think our grandchildren are interested in that. Our children are interested, but we have one already that is majoring in, you know, natural resources mm-hmm. and is definitely interested. She seems to have an interest to keep it. Uh, you don't have to go there every day to appreciate it, and there are people that help you with it. Uh, we have a couple of neighbors that are very good to talk, you know, to tell mm-hmm. us if anything out of the ordinary is going on, which is huge. That's another reason to stay connected. And the managers to let us, to make sure everything's going like it should. But I think they're very interested, and they would love to go back there. And who knows, maybe one of them will decide to live out that way one of these days. You never can tell. So what are their, I mean, what are their thoughts on the property? Because uh, I'm sure you've shared the history with, with your kids and your grandkids, and I'm sure Flossie has as well. Yes. But w- what is their reaction to this, this piece of land in Arkansas? Because they also live out of state. Right. They live, well, my son lives in Texas, mm-hmm. um, and her daughter lives in Vermont, both of which, you know, are tree states for sure. Vermont really is, and they're both very interested in it. Yes, we've talked to them. In fact, they uh, they help us with it and help with the ownership and that kind of things. Their lives with children right now keeps them from coming very often to see it, but they're very interested in it. They see their future there. Uh, when my son was a, a young boy, he would visit my parents there, and they would take a little trailer out there, or I think it was a maybe a small RV, and they would spend the night sometimes. I can remember one night in particular when it rained really hard, and they still talk about that. But they would go out, they would you know, roast hot dogs, marshmallows, or my mother might cook. She was a fabulous cook. It kind of stopped with her. <laughs> but uh, she would take him out. And I know Flossie's daughter also was there some. And they would go out, and it was their getaway place. And it was, you know, it's like a fairyland when a child goes to the forest. Um, we have many fables that are in the forest, some good, some bad, but uh, but it's a very good thing. You know, it becomes a, a house. You take a few trees and get in the middle of dense trees, and there's your house. And you can take things and put them around. And if you have a little dog with you, maybe my parents' dog, he could stay in the house with them or be around there. There are all kinds of things. It tweaks their imagination. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful place. And we hope that it will continue. 
Okay. Well, Billy, uh, I want to thank you for joining me uh, today talking about your, your property. Um, it's been very interesting talking to you guys, like I said, over the past year, mm-hmm. just kind of learning about this and going out there and seeing it. Because I'm also very new to forestry in general, being here for only about a year and a half now with AFA. So thank you so You'll much. You'll be for saving up your money for forest land, right? Yeah. Oh, I just bought a house. So <laughs> it may take me a little while, works. but yeah. That works. Well, Billy, thank you again. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening as well. And um, we also want to thank some guy named Rob slash Rob McCormick for the use of our theme song, The Same Love, off of his album, The Folkster. You can find more of his great music on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to learn more about forestry and the timber industry in Arkansas, you can visit arcforest.org. That's A-R-K-F-O-R-E-S-T-S dot org. And uh, we, if you, we also want you, if you've enjoyed the, this show, our second show, uh, let us know by subscribing and leaving a good review wherever you are listening to your podcast right now. And you can follow AFA on Twitter at ARCFOREST, A-R-K-F-O-R-E-S-T-S, and on Facebook for updates on the new episodes of the show. I'm Seth Stevenson. Thank you for listening to the Voices of Forestry podcast. <laughs>